Get that number happening. Free consultation, by the way, and on the air here once again at 12.03 on a Saturday afternoon. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have pain concerns, health concerns. Dr. Lou is here for the hour talking to you about uh, all that stuff, so feel free to call through and uh, get some uh, some help, some opinion, some commentary. What's up, pal? Not too much. Good. How was the week? Week that was. Very good. I'm seeing an influx of headaches, for Mm. sure, in the last little bit. I've noticed that whenever... Uh, seasons change for whatever reason. Right. I guess people get out there doing different things or the temperature itself uh, leads to to new headaches or worsening headaches. And uh, so people obviously want to figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know, again, we've gone through this quite a bit. When you look at headaches, you're overall looking at two broad classes. You're okay. looking at the stuff that we would term benign. It's just a headache that happens for whatever number of reasons or malignant type of headaches that could be related to, you know, a tumor or something, something very serious, something that's pathological. Uh, So step one is always trying to figure out which one of those two it is. Um, Different signs and symptoms will definitely point you in different directions. Uh, Red flags are something that we'll look for uh, that would constitute something that we would worry about. So things, you know, if people ever say the worst headache they've ever had, Mm or that it's associated with a lot of other different types of signs and symptoms, or if they have other uh, more serious constitutional signs and symptoms going on, like constant fevers or significant weight loss or very bad night sweats or extreme pain. Those are all things that will start to tip us off towards something that's potentially much worse. But by and large, the vast majority of headaches are obviously benign and they fall under, um, you know, the things that are related more to tension in the neck, Mm -hmm. uh, which we would term tension headaches or cervicogenic, which means arising from the joints of the neck. You can get cluster headaches and migraines, um, which are Again, there's a musculoskeletal component for sure, uh, but you know there is some good research to suggest that migraines may be related more to vascular flow. Uh, in my experience, no matter when you're dealing with the benign types of headaches anyways, uh, you always do have some type of a musculoskeletal component going on. And what I mean by that is that there's some type of compounding effect by the muscles and joints in the upper back, the neck, just because, again, based on the world that we live in and the things that we do, uh, everything is in front of us, whether it's us eating, driving at a computer, yeah. most everyone's work. I can't, I can't even really think of anyone's work that wouldn't be there. Um, so, you know, you're going to start to create tension in the, the upper back, the neck, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of those structures that come out of the neck go into the head. Uh, and they can cause referral type of pains and things like that. So it's very, very important. Now, you know, the key becomes once you're able to figure out, okay, what type of a headache is this? Obviously, what most people want to know is, okay, well, what, what do I do to get better? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's exactly it. The biggest thing is trying to figure out the triggers of those headaches. Uh, and then once you can understand the triggers, well, then you can do the right things to um, you know, treat that treat the headache. So, you know, it could be something as simple as you identify that, having wine, for example, gives you headaches. Now you can make an educated decision. Do I want to have wine and and potentially get a headache? Or it could be other things like, you know, I know that if I go golfing, if I do more than two or three rounds a week, if you're so lucky to do so, um, that, you know, maybe the muscles get really tense and you get headaches. And so then maybe, uh, you know, having a good therapist part of your healthcare team, someone that can work on those things is the key. So there's different ways. But again, it's all about the person being able and the practitioner being able to identify what are these triggering factors of the he- these headaches so that, again, you can treat it based on on what's occurring. And, and again, my biggest thing that I always say, and, 
you know, it's so often misunderstood with everybody that comes, not everybody, but the vast majority of people, it's always like, well, what can I do for this? And it's like, we need to figure it out first, yeah. right? That, and, and I can't stress enough how, how important it is to have the right diagnosis in order to have the right treatment. Because if you don't have the right diagnosis, treatment is based on a diagnosis. Sure. If you have the wrong diagnosis, you are inherently likely going to be doing the wrong treatment intervention, and therefore you don't get better. So I, I would always be, and I don't expect the average person to understand this, but definitely uh, I would always be hesitant that if someone just jumps to a treatment option without looking at what the potential um, causes, because, you know, there's a lot of fads out there where it's like, oh, for, you know, neck pain, do this. Well, not all neck pain is created sure. equally, and yeah. it's not all related to the same thing. So that new fad may be really great for a certain specific type of neck pain, but not necessarily all neck pain. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Open lines. Would love to talk to you over the next hour. Chris in Mississauga. Opening call. How are you? Hey, Dr. Lou. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. What's going on with you, man? Uh, okay, as I get a little bit older, like just went into my 40s, I'm noticing pain like or nerves, like like uh, moving around my body. Like I had one in the, in the loin, that went away, and then I had talbus, tennis elbow, that went away, and I'm a very fit guy, work out a lot. Mm-hmm. Run and the latest one I have right now got me a little bit uh, concerned is when I turn my neck to the right, my chin to the right. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like this um, kind of pinched nerve in my upper right shoulder where my shoulder maybe meets my collarbone. Okay, yeah, you understand? Yeah, I get just a twinge, and um, I notice it gets it goes it dies down in terms of intensity. Mm-hmm. But then I'll go and work out, and it comes back, and I notice it when I'm sleeping, if I, you know, turn, put my head on the pillow a certain way. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's something that hopefully is just passing, like some of the other things I've experienced. or um, So what type of working out, Chris, do you do? Do you, like, big weightlifter type of guy? Would you explain that a little to me? Yeah, I definitely lift uh, heavy weights a lot, and yeah. then I work in construction. Right, um, so... Yeah, so I mean, the reality is that as you get older, wear and tear of the body, I mean, you could grab a person who does nothing their whole life and, you know, just because they live a longer period of time, every year their body will break down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's just the natural aging process. That's why eventually we die because our body just can't sustain itself forever. Um, But definitely once you start adding in other factors, other things that maybe help the breakdown or expedite it, see, the thing about... You know, the type of stuff that you're doing, and I would never I would never say to someone, don't work out, don't do things. Yeah. But we do have to realize that when you're lifting heavy weights, you're doing that type of stuff, you're working construction, there is a certain amount of demand that's placed on the body. And, and if you've ever looked at uh, it, what's called the stress curve, when you look at the stress curve that applies, whether it's psychological stress or physical stress, such as that you're going under, there's a moderate level that tends to be beneficial for us and really makes us perform better. But if you're too low on the stress, then that's not good. But equally, if you're too much, that's potentially dangerous. Um, so again, you know, over the airwaves, it's hard to say exactly what's going on with you, Chris. But definitely what I can tell you is that it's not uncommon for people who are extremely active uh, you know, by their choice with the things that they do, like like your, such as yourself with lifting weights and then also with the related to work with construction, that there is significant breakdown. Now, does that mean that you have to stop doing the things that you love doing? No, absolutely not. It just means you may need to take better care of it. Uh, and that's why, you know, different professions such as chiropractic, massage therapy, physiotherapy exist. It's, it's really to help with those things. And, you know, what you said there about 
sometimes, it, you know, the other things pass and go away. I would caution you to, to understand that things don't often go away forever. They may go away for a period of time. Uh, but, you know, you're only 40. What happens at 50? What happens at 60? And, you know, it, it is that's kind of the dangerous thing where you just let these things pass on their own. Your body doesn't have uh, the best way. It, it's very good in terms of keeping itself safe, but not for a long term because we weren't designed for that. So when things heal, they often heal in a faulty way for a long-term perspective. They're very good for the short-term perspective. Uh, but, you know, the breakdown that happens uh, as we continue to get older, as you continue to do the things that you do, uh, are things that maybe you should consider um, having a, a good therapy team with you to to help you through these things. That also, in turn, will get you educated about what's going on. And when you're educated about it, again, you can make the right choices on what I should or should not do. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Realistically, uh, I'm kind of guy I really don't get to the doctor too much. I don't get mm -hmm. to uh, these uh, experts too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how realistic that would be for me to do that, but uh, is there any way that... Uh, well, Chris, well, uh, I think we're going to go on a break. Why don't you just hang tight? I'm going to hang we'll, on to you. Yeah, yeah. and we'll, we'll keep talking about this when, yep. you get, when we get back. Don't go anywhere, Chris. Everyone else, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You got some concerns, some pains? Bring it on. Dr. Lewis here till 1 o'clock, the Dr. Payne Show, talk radio. AM 640. Yeah, plenty of time to call that number here at 1215 till 1 o'clock. Dr. Lou is here. By the way, info at paincarecanada.com or 1-855-55-DR-LOU, D-R-L-O-U. Free consultation and simply Dr. Lou on uh, social media as well. Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. I mean, not on Snapchat no, not probably, Snapchat, but LinkedIn no. for sure. Yeah. Yep. You on Tinder? No. Different, <laughs> different topic. <laughs> Chris, how you doing, buddy? We're back. Yeah. Hey, thanks for holding on. Um yeah, just I had one more question, like just about myself. Like, sure. Working out, I'm not sure I could ever ever stop. Like, it's my no, and and I'm not suggesting that either. Yeah, like when I do it, it makes me feel alive. It gets yep. my blood flowing. Yep. So, uh, is there any way, like, have you ever heard of anybody ever exacerbating, like muscles? Like, I could understand, like bone, I can understand, but nerves. Like, is there any way that I could tweak this nerve where I may, you know, possibly? do some damage to my arm right? 100% yeah for sure and mm -hmm. and nerves are much worse see the reason why I wanted to keep you on the line is because I think you said something that's very important that relates to a lot of people in the population where you said you're not really the type of guy that'll, you know, involve the healthcare professionals and you kind of want to deal with this stuff on your own. The one thing that I could tell you is that as time goes on, you will be, you'll, you'll <laughs> yeah, have no you choice. Have and, and as time goes on and when, when involving them becomes less of your choice is usually when things have become much worse, that they're much harder to deal with. So, right. uh, you know, and that's, that's a personal choice and I'm not, and I'm not here to force anybody to do anything. And again, another point is I would never discourage you from working out. I think that's great. And I think people should do the things that, you know, keep them active in life. But what I am suggesting is that, you know, this phobia or whatever you want to call it, that, that you and other people have about, I don't want to involve the healthcare professionals. They're there for a reason. Uh, and that reason is because when you involve them, when things are low level like this, that's when you prevent the the bigger things from happening. Because again, there it's it, like John just said, they're lurking there, they're waiting that you know eventually one day something and, and father may, time, and, yeah, something may mm -hmm. happen that's much much worse. And you know, I see all kinds of people in practice. I see the people who are proactive and they come in, and I'll tell you that the people that are proactive that are coming in when things are small or almost non-existent are the people with great outcomes that do much better well, long term. 
versus the people who come in because they have to come in at this point. They don't have a choice anymore. Those are the people that have the worst outcomes because they've let something get so bad. So my my point is always, you know, again, and you may say that I'm biased because I'm a healthcare professional myself, and I'll accept that. I'll accept that bias. But I do truly believe that it is very, very important to have a good healthcare team uh, around you that helps you deal with these things, although they may seem minuscule. Um, the unfortunate reality is that as we get older, as time goes on, we are just more and more likely to experience those low-level things. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, you're getting through to me. Um, okay. <laughs> for something like nerves, like what, what would be the more specific uh, expert to go to? Chiropractor or like uh, again, it depends. So specialist. to just say a nerve issue is is nonspecific. We'd have to figure out what it is. Yeah. This is you know the point here, Chris. Come see me. You can actually see me. I'll do an assessment. We'll figure out what's going on, and then I can recommend uh, the right professionals that can help you manage your issue long term. Chris, it's a one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U or info at paincarecanada.com. It's like we uh, we've often said before. You know, you, you change your oil in your car periodically before you blow the whole engine from ignoring it, right? Just maintenance is cheaper than repairs. hundred uh, percent. Right? And you know, when you look at as you know, you know, twenty, thirty years ago, there was definitely this idea that one day we would find this magical pill that would yeah. cure all things. No. And as time goes on, we're starting to quickly realize that's probably not likely. And where we're going to get our biggest bang for our buck is prevention. How do you do the right things? And and you know, it's not overly complicated either exercising at a moderate mm-hmm. intensity because again we we do have to understand that anything that you do too much of also becomes dangerous even although it may seem good we'll take for the example running running does there is research to suggest that you know moderate level uh, cardiovascular activity uh, actually increases longevity and is better for your health but if you start going to the extremes that's potentially just as dangerous as not do or not doing anything at all. Um, so you know, exercise is very important. Eating healthy and and eating healthy is not rocket science. It's a lot of things: fruits, vegetables, the things that are alive, uh, and diminish you know the meats and and very much diminish the things that are processed and made in a factory. Um, and you know, again, taking using the experts that that are out there from a preventative standpoint. Don't just go there when it's too late because mm-hmm. that's often when the least can be done. Alex, we'll get to you quickly before a break. What's uh, what's going on with you? Hey, Alex. Hey, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern, pal? Quick question. Um, I'm 47 year old, fairly fit male. Did some working out. Went um, pushed through a tennis elbow injury. Now have a two centimeter torn extensor tendon. Mm-hmm. Going to see a specialist at some point. So I was curious about what the uh, likelihood is of a full recovery and being able to do light to medium weights after the uh, mm-hmm. procedure, if there is one. Right. So just before we go on that topic, uh, this is, it's a perfect segue, you know, into to what, or, or sorry, um, uh, it's follow, up anyway. follow up to what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. which that when you leave something that seems minor, they could progress to, to much worse. Have you seen a surgeon yet, Alex? No, I've had an MRI and a couple of x-rays, and that's confirmed the tear in the, in the tendon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've just been waiting uh, quite long to see someone, but... Uh, should be seeing someone fairly shortly, but I yeah. anticipate either surgery. Or- I lost you. Sorry, say it again, Alex. You anticipate what surgery? I think his point that he's trying to get across to, because I think we've lost him here, um, is you know what with the surgery, what he should be anticipating, and then right. what his recovery will be like. And, you know, that really depends on a lot of things when you look at tears, exactly where they are, uh, the extent of the the 
deficits that he has now from a clinical exam, right, from a range of motion perspective become very, very important. And that all will point towards the, the prognosis. But, you know, if all, if all else being equal and, and the surgery goes well, a full recovery would likely be expected. Does that mean that he'll never have pain? Probably not. But he should, again, have the the function of that tendon, which is to hold things in place. Have questions, concerns, pain, headaches, whatever, bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Payne Show continues. Talk radio, AM 640. 1225, Dr. Payne Show. Yeah, any sort of pain, man. You got back, headache. We talk about it all here. Dr. Lou here, ready to uh, take your calls and concerns, give you some answers, put you on the right track. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Ali, how are you? Good, good. How are you, sir? Good, man. What's uh, what's going on with you? Well, I have a pain in my um, right side back. Um, it's going down my legs. This was about almost going on to 10 years now. And um, I took physiotherapy for about a year. It helped. But at the same time, I've been like getting this pain on and off again. Um, I had a very good sports medicine doctor who had recommended surgery... Mm-hmm. Uh, but he told me if I took the surgery, it was a chance I might not walk again. He might hit the wrong nerve or something like that. That's a significant risk. Uh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it really he's saying that the disc is pressing against the nerve? Right. Um, okay. Yeah, you have to clean the disc or straight the disc off a little bit. Right. But when I take the therapy, I go for the physio. They put me on this, uh, what you call it, the traction. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all of that. And I take this. When they put a little machine on your back and it sends that current inside. Yeah, the ten, the IFC or TENS machine, yep. Yeah, it, re- it helps. Mm-hmm. It goes away for a few months, but it comes right back. Okay. Uh, my job, I'm a driving instructor, so I sit a lot, mm. all day. Yep. So I was wondering if, at this age, if the surgery, if I take the surgery, uh, would it help me? Or should I continue with the physio? Well, that that's a very, very specific question, and I would obviously need to assess you to be a hundred percent sure, or at least give you a you know a good opinion on that. What I can tell you is that number one, if we do assume it's a herniated disc, and second, if we assume it's the most common type of herniated disc, which is a posterior lateral, which means it usually affects one leg. Um, what I can tell you is that sitting is potentially the worst thing that you mm-hmm. could do for. Uh, that type of injury. Now, it sounds like, yeah, you've done a lot of therapy. Have you done any rehabilitation where you've built up the muscles in your core, your glutes, and in your back? No, just no. regular, just some exercises. No, yeah. So, so really, and again, this is where what we see on imaging has to correlate very well with what we see on a physical exam. Uh, and there's a lot of failed surgeries out there for this type of stuff because the reality is when we look at chronic low back pain, what we find tends to be the most important thing to getting better is proper rehabilitation of the core musculature, which includes the abdomen, the back, and the glutes as high as even into your shoulder blades. And in the absence of doing the right rehabilitation, it's not uncommon to hear the type of story that you're telling us, uh, which is that you have pain that comes and goes. It seems to be better sometimes, sometimes it gets aggravated you do some therapy that's just the reality but the one thing that you're missing is the proper rehabilitation building up the muscles in that area to keep your back healthy yeah it's mostly on my right side also like Mm -hmm. yep yeah Yeah, it does well that that just that just means that that's the you know whether it's on the right on both sides again with chronic low back pain you know and i'd also the other thing that i'd say is i'd be very surprised that a surgeon um 
having said that, with the low back, the, the risks are much, much less risky than, than it is for, say, something like the neck. But in the absence of a neurological impairment and in the absence of range of motion uh, or objective findings that suggest that this is a, you know, diminishing your function, I don't know that uh, a surgeon would necessarily um, operate for sure. So, you know, I would think that based on what I'm hearing that probably, um, you know, doing proper rehabilitation is your best bet. But if you want to be sure, come see me, let's, let's do an assessment. And that's really the only way we'll know for sure, what I what my real recommendation could be. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. More of your calls coming up here at Dr. Payne Show. Talk Radio, AM 640. And Dr. Lou on social media as well. Just to follow up what Ali was saying there about uh, potential surgery. You often, you often, quite often say, in fact, you always say that just because a surgery might be involved, don't expect to be completely pain-free as a result no, of that surgery, no. right? And that's I, what some, some people are hoping for. Yeah, so again, when you have problems, you know, that are related to function. So mm-hmm. let's take, for example, not the back, but let's look, say, at the shoulder. You have a shoulder that repeatedly dislocates. Okay. That means that no matter what you're doing, unfortunately, your shoulder seems to dislocate. You can almost do all the therapy in the world and it's not going to solve your problem. But you can get a surgeon who's going to cut those tendons a little bit shoulder, slap them in a little bit tighter. You're going to lose range of motion, mm-hmm. but your shoulder's not going to dislocate, right. which, you know, is probably better than having your shoulder dislocate just by, you know, picking up your kid or playing or whatever. Uh, so, you know, when, when surgery is, is, very much for the function of things, the outcomes tend to be much better. So if you're someone who's a candidate for surgery, really try to focus on what's my improvement in function going to be versus pain levels. Because again, pain is so complex and it's made up of so many different things and it's so subjective that it would almost be impossible for us to ever quantify. Does this surgery always help with this type of pain? Because people's pain levels are different. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Would love to talk to you right till uh, till 1 o'clock today. Joey, how are you doing? I'm not bad, you? Good. What's your concern? Um, so I'm younger. I'm only 21, and uh, I try to work out five to six times a week. And for the past maybe year and a half, I had a pain in my elbow that, if you feel, I don't know much about this stuff, but if you feel your elbow on the inside, that little crescent that it has, I don't know. Well, yep. in between there it's a sharp pain that whether I'm at the grocery store holding a basket with little to nothing in it, mm-hmm. I have to drop the basket out of nowhere. If I, I do a slight bend, it just, it's a sharp pain that I can't hold weight. That's five pounds maybe, okay. or it happens in the gym while uh, I'm holding a dumbbell, for example, mm-hmm. it's just, I can't bend my elbow until I elbow. let go of that pain. Yeah. So, so again, we, you know, what we have to do at this point is you have to look at that anatomical part of the body. So your elbow, like you're saying, and now we have to look at what are the structures in that area? There's muscles, there's ligaments, there's tendons, and there's nerves. Uh, And it could be any one of those things potentially causing that type of a presentation. The next thing we have to do is also look up at the other areas that correspond to that. So the shoulder and the neck. Could it potentially be something like a nerve being pinched at the neck or in the shoulder somewhere uh, that when you're doing some type of lifting is putting pressure and you just tend to feel it in that area? So this is where you know, getting a proper assessment is is so very important mm-hmm. because you're able to actually identify what's the pain generating structure. And anybody that listens to the show will have heard me say that a lot. What's the pain generating structure? And that's what we have to figure out is what exactly accounts for the pain that you're feeling. Uh, and once we can figure out, okay, what is it that's causing your issue? Well, then that's when treatment options are 
obviously easier to to outline uh, for the person. Yeah. So, you know, based on whenever you say something like weakness and things like that, I do, my, my head starts to go towards nerve uh, for sure. Uh, having said that, in the elbow, you can have uh, in that area, like, you know, a severe tendonitis of, of the biceps tendon or a, or a tear of it that may be causing the same presentation. So there's a lot of, you know, no, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are definitely, you know, half a dozen mm-hmm. to a dozen different things that could be causing what you're feeling. And, and you know, the first step is figuring out exactly which one of those things it is uh, in order to, to get you on the road to recovery. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, perfect. Okay. I just procrastinate. But thank you so much. G- give us a call. We can take a look at it. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. There, Joe, your info at PainCareCanada.com. It's complex, but it just takes steps, right? It takes steps. And this is, you know, this is the thing. Everybody just, they feel an ache or a pain. And, and it's not even their fault. This is just the way, you know, we're sociologically brought up. Like when you're a kid, you fall, you bang something. Oh, you know, just... Walk away, it'll be better. And, you know, the body, again, does do a tremendous job at healing for the short term. It also does a much better job at healing when we're younger. Uh, But, you know, after the age of 23, 24-ish, our bodies aren't so good at healing anymore. And they still will heal for the short term. uh, But they're not necessarily built to heal for 25, 30 years later. Because from an evolutionary perspective, that's not what we were designed for. If you if you tore a muscle slightly, it just basically had to get repaired to the point that, you know, within a short period of time, if someone was attacking you or something was attacking you, you could get away. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, we live a much longer uh, time now on average as humans. And, you know, these things are are bound to get worse as, as mm-hmm. time goes on. And these little low-level aches and pains are really the ones that, we ignore them, but these are the ones that we should be taking care of uh, because if you take care of them now, well, then you're not going to, they potentially may never become a massive issue. Now, does that mean I can guarantee that if you take care of a small problem today, that in 20 years, it won't be a big problem? No, of course not. No, no, one, no one would be able uh, to guarantee that, but definitely being somewhat proactive in, and you know, th- this doesn't mean that you feel, you wake up, you feel a pain and you're like, that's it. I'm going to get this, you I'm know, done. But, you know, if it's gone on for, you know, three, four days or it's happened now multiple times, then, you know, maybe it's time to get it looked at before it becomes severe. A lot of times it's just something that affects more quality than it does anything else. uh, And it doesn't necessarily hinder function or anything like that. And so we often ignore it. So, you know, I think it is very, very important that people, um, you know, start to take a little bit more responsibility for the health, their health in that regard where, you know, if you are feeling something, uh, being that person that you're going to take care of it on your own. And it's not uncommon. We hear it all the time. What can I do for what, what can I just do at home or, and everybody's looking for that quick fix. And the unfortunate reality is that quick fix for a lot of these issues for pain management doesn't always exist. Now there may be things that you can do at home as well, for sure, but it may not necessarily be, be the be all end all of your treatment plan. This is where involving professionals is very, very important. And I guess, you know, more important than that is involving the right professionals. Right. And, you know, that's why we're here is to to have a team that uh, of right professionals. And no matter where you're listening from, uh, I can't be everywhere, but I definitely have a provider network that's vast and that uh, can help people wherever they are, as long as it's something that can be helped with. And I'm very honest with people. I've, I've had people that I've talked to or that have come in and I see an issue and, you know, some things just 
either go too long or are just things that unfortunately can't be helped because mm-hmm. of the limitations that we have in our system uh, and, and the knowledge that we have for healthcare. And I'm very honest. If someone has something that I think can't be helped or that there's nothing else that I, my team could potentially offer, I'm going to be honest about that. There's no point in, in lying to anybody. So, I, I mean, it's absolutely free. Just give me a call and we can have a, a quick chat about it. To get a hold of uh, Dr. Lou outside of the show, a uh, reminder, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. But to call in now, between now and 1 o'clock, we'd love to talk to you. We've got open lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, the Dr. Payne Show, talk radio, AM 640. 1242, lots of time to talk to you. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Paul, thanks for calling in. How are you? Not too bad yourself. Good. What's your uh, What's your concern? Uh, just, uh, first off, I want to say a uh, long time listener, first time caller. Thanks man. Awesome. Um, uh, my issue is, um, the best way I could describe it is when I'm, for example, uh, just say I'm looking for something that's under, underneath my bed and I'm stretching my neck and looking to the left, mm. I feel a lock in the pretty much the middle of my upper spine, my upper back. Okay. Is that it? I was wondering uh, uh, what that could be a cause of or what the issue could be or if there's anything I can, uh, if it's something I need to have looked at. So is so is this something that happens at with any other type of activity, like, you know, other things that you do during the day? No, not not too much. I'm pretty active. I'm a, I'm a sports guy, so I'm uh, constantly constantly active. I go to the gym. It's just I find when I'm reaching and reaching my upper body and kind of looking down into the left, it kind of... I feel like it's the best way to describe it is like a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the good thing is when it's only one very specific event that causes the issue that you're having. The, the simplest answer is remove that one event, right? Stop, stop reaching when you're laying down or whatever it is, and that may help to eliminate the issue. Uh, but yeah, is it something that you can get checked out for sure? Sometimes things can start. Uh, very minimally such that you're describing and then progress into other activities. Uh, so there may be a way to prevent that. We can't say for sure with obviously without looking at it, uh, but give us a call and, and we'll set something up. We'll take a look at it and hopefully it's nothing to worry about. And if it's nothing to worry about, we probably will send you off with just some simple things that uh, that you can do on your own. Perfect. Thanks okay. for the help. No problem. Thanks, Paul. See, it's, it's, it's like you said, the description's so key when you do that first initial assessment, right? That's you got to find out what's going on. Yeah, and, and, and listen, the, the, the treatment is not always, you know, okay, you have to take all this medication, you have to right. do injection surgery. But sometimes the recommendation is here are like three or four very, very specific and good exercises that I want you to do. Or sometimes the recommendation is, you know, maybe introducing this into your diet is going to help right. or eliminating this from your diet or, you know, Sometimes it's maybe a monthly massage or whatever. The You can't always, everybody's different. And so it, it really depends. And that's why I always go through what have people already done? What seems to work? What seems to not work? Uh, because that'll give you, we try to paint a treatment picture that uh, is very specific to the individual. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Alicia, good afternoon. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Um... So I'm calling concerning my son. He's 26, and he's experiencing um, intense abdominal pain. Okay. Um, he's seen a lot of um, specialists. He's taken, I would say, majority of the tests that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, they're not able to locate anything that's causing this pain. He's taking medication. Um, 
the specific medication, I don't recall right now what's the name of it. When he takes it, it relieves his pain, but if he doesn't take the medication, it, it comes back. He, the pain, when he gets it, he feels like gagging, like he wants to throw up. Okay. So I don't know if um, you've ever came across with anybody with that kind of um, a problem. Yeah, so where exactly in his abdomen is, is his pain? It's his right, on his right of his tummy. The right lower or upper, like closer towards the chest or lower down towards the groin? Lower. Lower down. Okay. Um, so, th you know, one of the things when we look at abdominal pain, we divide the abdomen to four quadrants, uh, right and left, upper and lower quadrants. And, and that helps us to identify what important structures are in that area. So when you look at the right lower quadrant, it's mainly intestine. So there's not much else besides that. Uh, the appendix is also there. But, you know, my assumption is that if this has been going on and he's had all the tests, they've already looked at all the possible um, you know, visceral, you know, the, the reality is when you're going to, uh, to get this stuff checked out at emergency departments, walking clinics, family doctors, the right thing to do is to eliminate the potential that it's visceral, that it's being caused by an organ, something that could potentially be life threatening. But that doesn't mean that there's no soft tissue like muscles there that, you know, you in that area, it's not uncommon to have things like a sports hernia, uh, which would be, you know, uh, some slight tearing of the abdominal wall that can mimic that type of pain. Now, that's a diagnosis of exclusion. You wouldn't want to jump to it and say, you know, patient comes in on day one, has lower abdominal pain, and you say, yeah, it's a sports hernia. You do want to make sure that everything else is fine, which it sounds like that's already been taken care of. But there, now that means that there's still the musculoskeletal stuff, which could be something like just, again, a simple sports hernia or a slight tearing in the abdominal wall that's creating that type of symptom. So at this point, if he's been checked out by the people that are very good at looking at the visceral concerns now he needs to be checked by someone who's very good at looking at the musculoskeletal uh, potentials of the pain in that area and so that's definitely something we can help with uh, give us a call come on in and we'll take a look at it 416-870-6400 star 640 is the uh, number see it's right there that's you broke it down to four little areas and you go from there right could it, it, pain mimic is that a huge thing is that tough to diagnose absolutely and yeah. again you know when you have a patient if, if someone if you walked in right now and you had been nowhere else and you said to me my chest hurts on the left side and it's radiating into my arm well, the first thing I'm going to worry about is this potentially some type of cardiovascular event because there's a very, very important organ in that area that you, you're talking about. You need it. Exactly. It's yeah. kind of important. And so, uh, but what ends up happening, does that mean that the only thing that causes chest pain and arm pain is a heart attack? No. Sometimes it's just a simple rib issue or a muscular issue, right. but you need to rule out the most serious things first and then treat the things that are likely benign later once you've ruled it out. Speaking of rib injuries, Irene, welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you? Lou. Hi. I have a question with regards to an injury that I had uh, several years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, if I can just give you a little bit of background. Um, Go for it. I, I lifted a, a rock, which was quite heavy. We were doing some construction around the house. And I felt something happening in the back, um, left hand, left side of, of my back, okay. the rib area. I felt like something had just bulged out and the pain was excru excruciating. Mm -hmm. um, from that, I thought, well, the best thing to do is go see a chiropractor after a couple of days. And the chiropractor 
um, didn't really look at the ball. She said, yeah, no problem. We'll do an adjustment. They did an adjustment, and the pain, while I was on his bed, the, the, the bed there, it cracked. I cracked so much that he and I both thought that I, I wasn't going to be able to get off that table anymore. Right, okay. Um, so he looked like he was stunned. Um, as a result, I managed to get off that table, and um, I had to go on to um, some anti-inflammatories. Um, I couldn't get out of bed. I was in spasm and really, really bad. After that, there was an x-ray taken, which detected that the rib had broken. So he basically, um, I think because the intercostal muscles were out, uh, the compromising of the, the rib um, was cracked. The rib cracked because it was compromised. Right. So... From then, the rib never healed properly because I think the muscles pushed it in a different direction than when it, where it naturally would go. Yep. I still have a bit of that bulge. This is now seven, eight years later. Mm-hmm. I did go see somebody that said, well, you know, we don't do much for ribs. Right. I'm still having that problem. I'm still going for massage. I'm still going for therapy. Um, sometimes from overworking it, I have a lot of pain. That rib still never went in, back in place. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to do about it. Um, I've yeah. been going for therapy now. It's like eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, we'd have to look at it. Do, do ribs necessarily, quote unquote, fall out of place? You know, that's debatable. Uh, is there sometimes a weakness in the muscles that surround the ribs uh, that cause them to maybe move a little bit more than they should? That might be more likely. Uh, one of the risks of having your ribs manipulated is unfortunately a fracture. The risk of that is is very, very mild. In fact, a lot of people that have, uh, you know, rib issues that cause uh, what's called a costal vertebral joint dysfunction find tremendous relief from manipulation. So, you know, unfortunately you were on, uh, you know, one of the unlucky ones, which is very, very rare to have it fractured. Uh, but, you know, we'd have to identify, again, what what is the original source of the problem? Sometimes people have, you know, a slight scoliosis. And when you have a slight scoliosis, your vertebrae actually turn a little and it may make I it do. seem like that rib is out, but it's not out. It's just the natural rotation of the vertebrae, and that's how the rib will sit on the vertebrae. So no matter how much you try to push it in, you can't do that because Mm -hmm. you'd have to change the scoliosis in order to do that. Um, So again, this is where trying to find the root cause is is the most important part. But, uh, you know, give us, come see me, let's take a look at it because, you know, there might be something that we could do. And if if it's something that's unfortunately just related to the structure of your body, well, you know, there may be exercises then that you can do to help relief. Irene, that number, one eight five five. Five five five, Doctor Lou, D R L O U. Back to your phone calls, Doctor Payne Show Talk Radio, AM six forty, and right back to it. Trying to get all your calls here the last few minutes. Uh, Mirna, hello, hello. Yeah. Hi. Okay, can I get the number again before one eight five 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 five, Doctor Lou, D R L O U. Correct. One eight five 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 five, Doctor Lou. We got a bunch of calls. What's what's your question? L U. Is that L U? L O U. L O U. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Now, what I'm afraid is uh, it has already affected my posture. Okay. So, um, but I thought I might better concentrate or doing it uh, rehabilitation or. Where's your pain? Yeah, it's um, sometimes my back and near my neck is above my just below just where my hairline mm-hmm. above my neck. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, you know, skull pain related to neck and poor posture is very, very common. Um, 
you know, it, it affects a lot of people. I think the number is 80% of the population because of the things that we do. Uh, does improving your posture potentially help with that stuff? Yes. But again, this is all kind of the same thing. I do have to look at it. I have to assess it uh, okay. in order to be sure. But yeah, you have the number. Give us a call. Okay. So um, where are you located? So I, I personally do the assessments out of Etobicoke, but we have a provider network throughout the whole, uh, all of Ontario. So give me a call and we'll find someone close to home. Hey, Neil, get you in quickly here before we wrap. What is going on? Hey, Neil. Oh, man. Oh, man. Neil. Yeah. Take me, brother. What do you got? What's your concern? You're on oh, the air. just one motor fan. Sorry? Neil? Like an aftermarket part or? No, <laughs> show was two hours ago. show, yeah. Neil, you still there, brother? Yeah, yeah. My biscuit coupling thing is, is, I couldn't go anywhere else with no aftermarket part. I had to go. To See, I hate that okay. when there's no aftermarket parts. It's yeah. the worst, especially for your I back. I don't understand people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pay attention to what you're doing, and then you wonder why you live in pain. <laughs> <laughs> you may be the source. I mean, if you're ordering a coffee into the drive-thru, that I understand yeah, completely. That, that was but, a yeah. classic. That was Brake a pads, one. not happening. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, I guess based on the show that we've had, the, the big common thing here is let, get this stuff checked out. Come mm-hmm. come see me. Like, it, it really is going to cost nothing, literally $0 to, to call one eight five 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 doctor Lou. Leave me a voicemail, hit option two. Uh, just give me your name, your number, and a quick description, because I'm going to talk to you anyway. So just tell right. me low back pain or elbow pain. I'll call you. We're going to have a discussion. If it's something that I, I do truly believe that I can help with, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get you to come in. We'll do an assessment. If it's something that I think somewhere else might be better suited to help you, then we'll go in that direction. Done. But it, it's very, very simple. And a lot of people, there's a lot of issues out there that are being mismanaged, whether it's something new or you're already seeing somebody but aren't sure need a second opinion. Th- that's what people are coming in for. And I'm very, very busy with this stuff. I love to do it. And I, I do truly want to try to help people with their pain management. For sure. Till next weekend, we are done. That phone number, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, or info at paincarecanada.com. It's Dr. Lou on social media as well. Get that free consultation happening. Take care of it. Get on top of it. Back here next Saturday, Dr. Pain Show Talk Radio, AM 640.